here's some good news. On Monday, uh, this last week, so just six days ago, uh, Hope Community School received its planning permission from Ebsfleet Development Corporation. So if you look out the window, look at that plot of land within the next few weeks, you should see that land being dug up and uh, foundations start to be laid for the building of the new school there. Isn't that fantastic? So a major, major step forward. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just grateful to God. It's, it's been a long journey, and it continues to be a journey. Um, and uh, I know that more than probably anybody else because of my wife, Kim, who's, who's leading it. Well, she knows it more than I do, but... Um, it's, there's a lot of hard work still going on and uh, just say if, if you would like to give some specific help uh, to that in terms of actually we need to to uh, get basically parents to sign up for uh, their children to come to Hope Community School and obviously when you're, when you're creating a new school um, there's you know, that's a slight degree you have to have some pioneer spirit within you to, 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 to do that um, but if you've got time because um, Kim has actually uh, enrolled some, some people to help with her, but one of the um, helpers had to have a, an operation on her knee on Friday. Um, so if you've got time to volunteer, or even actually there's paid opportunities for about an hour and a half per week in uh, midweek, um, during the weekdays, that is, not the weekends, uh, leading up to Christmas, then if you find Kim, if you don't know who she is, then she'll be downstairs <coughs> doing this. She's actually uh, doing children's work this morning. Both sessions. So if you would like to help, with, help her with that, then she would be very delighted to see you and you would be taking part in what I think is one of our most significant steps forward in, in terms of the kingdom. Um, because once it all comes through and, and there are things that need to come together, the, the ultimate funding agreement depends a little bit on, on the number of pupils and other bits and pieces coming together. But um, then we will get a, a contract to run the school over there for 125 years. Now, that, that's, that's quite something, isn't it? That's a legacy. So a- Amy's been working at this week, haven't you, Amy? So he's been helping Kim out, so thanks to Amy. And other, I know others have already poured into it, but it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to appeal to you. We, we need to push over this next few weeks leading up to Christmas, and we really do need to push on this prayer, support, and the way, because you know, there is, there's a sort of a window of opportunity of time. We've really got to get some stuff done. And, and I, so there, there'll be things coming up, events coming up at Christmas and other stuff that, where we'll be advertising it. But, but anything you can do to help, and if you say, well, I don't know what, what I can do, but go and ask him. I'm not sure she'll find one way or another of, of getting you to help out. So that, that's, that's cool. Um, I say we're going to have Joaquin Evans with us this coming week. He arrives on Tuesday. If you've not experienced Joaquin, um, you will. Um, uh, he is an experience. He's a fantastic man of God, a friend of ours, um, and every year we do a healing school with him here, and uh, so the healing school is going to be here Thursday, Friday. It's not too late to enroll in that if you want to, um, but he'll be speaking here next Sunday morning and, and evening, and then particularly in the evening we'll do a, a healing meeting. We'll open that up so that so I expect that will be busy. Um, that, that's usually cars backed up down the road trying to get in for that one, so if you're going to come next Sunday evening, I suggest you set out a little bit earlier than you might anticipate, otherwise you might find yourself um, trying to find a car park space somewhere around, around the, the Springhead Estate, but um, it'd be good. And here's a, here's a, this is encouraging, okay, so well, I think this is more than encouraging. Um, I, I'm having a lots of interactions with regard to Heaven in Healthcare at the moment, and we'll be having our next sort of Heaven in Healthcare gathering next Saturday afternoon, gathering health professionals, but I heard, uh, and I can't go into all the details yet, because I've only, I only heard this story on Friday, um, and it's, so it's less than two weeks old, this story. Um, 
and I can't quite um, uh, give all the details that I might be able to in a, uh, going forward because of confidentiality, but I do know of somebody who's been raised from the dead in the UK within the last two weeks. Yeah, more of that. And, uh, you know, when sometimes I talk with people and they say, well, you know, Christian healing, well, you know, there's always the placebo effect and the inter- you know, therapeutic effect. I said, there's not a lot of placebo effect when you raise somebody from the dead. It really, it really, it really, there really is no placebo effect going on there. It is just the raw power of God, a demonstration that he gives life. And uh, Jesus came to give us life, didn't he? In all its fullness. And um, so I'm going to talk to you about remembrance today, um, all sorts of different aspects of that. But obviously, you know, Jesus said something very specific. He actually gave us something to do as Christians. He said, Do this in remembrance of me, didn't he? And, uh, and I think about it, we're not actually going to take communion today because we've not got ourselves set up for it. And, and you might think, Well, when, when do we do this uh, together as a church? Well, the answer to that is we actually, here at Eastgate, we don't do it that often all together. Um, there are various reasons behind that, which, but, you know, there's no reason for you not to take communion as often as you want. And um, if you're waiting for somebody to give you communion, then, then you're, you're, you're doing the wrong waiting, because actually the issue is you, you, you choose to take communion. And uh, we were with Bill Johnson, Kim and I, um, recently with a few others. Um, <coughs> can we just start to mirror my iPad? Would that be all right? And... Um, it's a great privilege being with Bill, Bill up in Bethel with about 40 other folks from around the globe um, in what was called an apostolic gathering. Um, and during that time, actually, Bill just shared how he actually takes communion every day, um, even if it's just him and God. <laughs> Does it with his family as well, just remembering Jesus and then actually pouring that life out that God's given him into, into other people's situations. And I thought, what a great example, you know. And... Um, our, 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 <clears throat> our practice is really that we do it in, in small groups in, where you're actually in more intimate settings is, is, is the obvious setting for communion. Um, why don't you take it today as a family? When you get home, there's a couple. Why don't, you, why don't you take communion over your lunch? That, that's the setting for it. And remember, rather than sometimes we do it here and you think, well, what, what are we doing? It's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, how do I do this? What do I do? And it's not meant to be a rushed moment in a meeting. It's meant to be a, a, an intimate moment with people that, that you're sharing the life of Jesus with. Does that make sense? That would that, be my encouragement to you. And now, um, I would say, if you come to the healing centre um, on a Saturday, it's always available at the healing centre. So you think, actually, where can I get it? Go to the healing centre on a Saturday. It's, 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 part, of, it's part of what we set up as the, as in the healing centre because I believe it's also it's a, it's a declaration of the, um, that the, the blood of Jesus brought our healing, not just our salvation. So, um, so that's what I wanted to suggest that to you. Because actually, you know, I did think, oh, well, it's a shame we didn't set it up. We could all take communion together. But, you know, that can, can get a bit rushed, particularly if you've got to go get your kids. And I thought, well, it's well, a better idea. Do it with your children. I know as when our kids were growing up, that's why we used to do it at home. You know, and, and I would commend it to you as a way. So I'd just like, like us to take a, a moment to remember Jesus. We do that. That's just, it's, it's great to remember those who have fallen. And 
Um, just something, I'll, I'll get myself ready. I, I, um, I went on YouTube yesterday and I decided I'd watch um, and go on the, some of the opening scenes from Saving Private Ryan. Um, I decided it wasn't a good idea to try and show them here. A bit, bit, too, bit too graphic. Um, and you watch that and you go, oh man, that is, that is, oh goodness me, that is, that is rough. And then I remember back to a film that I saw a number of years ago called The Passion. Anybody watch The Passion? Pretty rough watch, eh? Pretty difficult. Not one I would choose to watch again. <laughs> but then you think, that's the price that Jesus paid. The price that Jesus paid for our freedom. So I, I like to suggest we, we just take a moment's silence for thanking Jesus for the price that he paid so that we could be free. I'll say amen at the end of it, okay? So I want you to reflect upon Jesus right now. Thank you, King Jesus. King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who angels worship to didn't hold on <coughs> to his godhood without his manhood. Thank you that you became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Still God, but fully human, and you died that we might be set free. And thank you that <coughs> you, the paid, you paid the price for all our sin but also for all our sickness, you gave us new life and life in all its fullness. And Jesus, in honour and respect of you, we choose to pursue the life that you've given to us. Amen. That's the right way to to honour people who pay for your freedom is is to use that freedom freedom wisely. And I I was looking back, um, I was with my dad on... Uh, Friday, my dad's elderly now. He's actually eight, he was 89 yesterday. His birthday is Remembrance Day, so it's always been a day that's actually been there in our family. Um, he's 89. He lived through the Second World War. He didn't fight in it, but he can. I lived, brought up with stories of the Second World War, and uh, my grandparents used to tell me stories as well. And um, <clears throat> you know, we live in a society that, that, that benefits from the freedom that people fought for. Now. <laughs> That, the way that, that freedom is getting expressed in society is, is interesting at the moment, I would suggest. Um, there are all sorts of things that have been hitting the news this week. Um, but we don't want to take away people's freedom. But you know what? We need to be those who use our freedom really well to create a great society. And that's the kingdom of heaven. Um, and uh, this is a, You got me mirrored yet? Are you, how, how are you doing? I'm going to show this. Um, there was also an anniversary recently of... Um, <coughs> a 500-year anniversary of the start of the Reformation. Now, that, that was on the 31st of October. So, actually, while uh, Kim and I were at, at, at this apostolic gathering... Is this, is this coming up? What do you need me to do? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm mirrored. You're mirrored. Hopefully, we can find this. 
Hey, there we go. Look at that. Apostolic gathering. Pete Carter, United Kingdom. Upside down. But there you go. It's quite... Um, <laughs> that's what... I, I don't know why, but anyway, I took it that way. Um, we happen to be at this apostolic gathering on that, the Tuesday, the 31st of October, on the 500th anniversary of the start of the Reformation, when Martin Luther nailed his uh, 95 theses to, to the door of the Wittenberg Cathedral. And... Um, basically started what was the Reformation. And it, if you actually take that word apart, it means, it means reforming something. So you take something and you reform it. You reshape it into something. And it's widely acknowledged that that, that, that uh, um, was one of the most significant events in uh, that part of history that helped shape Europe and other nations uh, Significantly for the next, well, up till now, up till this moment in time. And um, it was interesting. I don't know if anybody watched any of the uh, TV programs about the Reformation over the last few weeks. Very interesting. And obviously, the United Kingdom has been heavily affected by the Reformation. And the Reformation was basically um, trying to take away the control of the institutional church and, and establish Christianity back into a personal relationship with, with, with Jesus and, and liberating people from the, the, sort of the, 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 the needs of, of religious institutions back into to, to, to the fullness of life. Now, um, I, I took a... The, the, so we, we had this kind of on this. We basically had that on our name badge. And I, I don't know why they put that key there. It wasn't, you know, it just happened to be on our name badge. Um, in the house where we were staying, we found this in a vase. Can you see that? It's, it's a key. It's exactly the same shape. It's the other way up, but it's the same shape. Um, on, on that day, we, we were staying at somewhere uh, quite spectacular. And I'll show you some of the photos from, from the pla- place we were staying. So we were staying at... Well, we were actually for the day up at this place in the mountains, looking over this place called Lake Shasta. Quite spectacular. There's a glass of bottle of wine. It was a nice bottle of wine. <laughs> I decided I'd take note of it. Okay, now, <laughs> beautiful place. What can you see in that photo? Not a lot, probably. You might see it a bit easier in the black and white. Can you see? The key in the clouds. Yeah, that, that, that is a cloud shape, and it's the exact same shape as the, as the key on, on our name badges and the one we found in the vase. Now, uh, that's some coincidence. Yeah, and it wasn't that we just people didn't know they'd taken this photo we were just going through photos that people had taken and then we suddenly realised it was there there's a sign in the sky and uh, so we prayed and meditated around that and this was the feeling that came out of a prophetic feeling that, that 500 years ago Martin Luther <coughs> nailed something to a door that began something that has affected the whole world but now God has given us the keys to open that door into actually something even further and I, I declared, actually, in France, it was about three years ago when there was a conference down there, 2,000 people, um, and uh, I prayed over the whole uh, conference that God was actually uh, starting a new reformation, and I believe that is true. Um, and a reformation is not a, it's not, it's not a rebellion, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not a revolution as such, it's, it's actually reforming things and reshaping things. And in particular, reshaping society. Now, 
Um, if, if you've got, I don't know if how many of you study much about Reformation, but obviously there was Martin Luther. But another uh, person who was very um, key in, in, in the Reformation was, Mar, uh, was um, Calvin. And uh, Calvin was a guy who was actually French, um, but he fleed France because of the persecution um, from uh, the Catholics, Roman Catholics, towards the Protestants, and he ended up in Geneva. Now, <clears throat> this, is, this is some of the things. So Geneva was not a large city at, at that stage. Um, it was actually... No, whoops. Let's go back. Here we go. Let me bring it up. It, it was... <clears throat> In the early 1500s, so the Reformation was 1517 it started, in the early 1500s, Geneva had the reputation of being the most vile, degenerate, corrupt city in Europe. It even held the title of being the smelliest city in Europe, filled with slum dwellers, criminals, prostitutes, political refugees and soldiers of fortune. So how did a place of crime and corruption become the crossroads of international diplomacy, a centre for humanitarian agencies such as the Red Cross, a location of the most prestigious international schools, a hub of what is still today one of the most trusted and respected banking industries, and a producer of highly valued precision engineered product, products such as Swiss, Swiss watches, knives, and, of course, chocolate. How has this city remained free and without war for 300 years? <clears throat> well, basically, the, the answer is that Calvin was asked uh, in the 1540s, uh, 1541, um, he visited Geneva before, but in 1541, the people of Geneva asked Calvin to return and lead them again in reforming, reforming the church <coughs> under the Reformation. Um, and this is what he did. It says he drafted the new ordinance, ordinances, uh, not just for the church, but for government. The government modified and adapted as a constitution for Geneva. Uh, and Calvin, Calvin's institutes, it says they govern both secular and sacred matters. He sought to improve the life of the city's citizens in many ways. So listen to this. He supported good hospitals, a proper sewage system, protective rails for children, special care for the poor and infirm, and the introduction of new industries. 500 years on. Okay. <clears throat> Geneva is <clears throat> the Assembly Hall of the Palace of Nations, the European headquarters of the United Nations. <clears throat> it's, uh, it houses the headquarters for the United Nations High Commission for Refugees, uh, it's, it, it's got the, the headquarters of the World Health Organization, the International Labor Organization. It's the headquarters of the International Red Cross, um, uh, headquarters of the World Trade Organization, the World Meteorological Organization, on and on and on and on and on. How big do you think Geneva is as population now? Any ideas? It's 200,000 people. 200,000 people, a city of... That's smaller than Medway. Is a centre for all those things: you know, humanitarian aid, health, Red Cross, banking, industry. <laughs> Where did it start? It started 500 years ago with somebody who was willing to stand up for what he believed to be true. Gravesend begins with G. So what? When we, when we say, well, what, what do we remember? What? what See, I don't believe we remember Jesus just for the past, for what he did. I believe we remember him for, for, for the present and for the future. Yeah. Remembrance Day is, is not just, just a sorrowful sort of looking back. It's, it's actually a joyful celebration of what has been bought for and then actually taking hold of the freedom that we live in and making sure we create a great world.
And that's what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus basically died, not just to get rid of our sins. He died to give us life so that we can actually bring his kingdom to earth. And uh, I've just, I'm, you know, I'm stunned as I, I come back to Eastgate. And we've been telling the story of Eastgate um, in many, many places around the world. But, you know, we, we sat in this apostolic gathering, and I was just hearing story after story from around the world. There are people from... Uh, uh, oh, pretty much every continent on, on, on the globe. There's only about 40 of us there, so it was pretty, you know, um, select bunch of people in one sense. And Kim and I are sitting there thinking, I'm not quite sure how we fit in all this, you know. Um, not trying to, we're not being overly humble. We're just you, you, you're among amazing people doing things. And then we tell them our story, and they say, wow, Pete, that is so inspiring. What you need to know, these people have been following the story of Eastgate since before we got the building, because this is the sixth time that we've been at this gathering. So that they, they know, and they, they watch the pictures. They're now telling them, I've told them that, you know, we were waiting for planning permission for the, for the school there. That is amazing. Just imagine that, a school right across. Wow, you can change education. You've got 125 years. Then I was telling them about heaven in healthcare. I said, wow, that's amazing. You go, wow, wow, you could actually, you know, you can change nations with that. So here's the story of heaven in healthcare. I was, I was in Bethel, and a um, guy come up to me, American guy, said, hi. You're that English doctor, aren't you? Which doesn't, that doesn't sort of narrow it down too much, but it is. It's, <laughs> you're that English doctor. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, whichever one you're in, but yeah, that's, so I, can, I fit into that general description of, of an English doctor. Um, he said, I, I heard you speak 18 months ago. I think, I don't know what you heard me speak at. Um, but but um, he said, oh, so, we were so inspired and so encouraged, and we were struggling with, with um, in our church, there was a, a very young child with, with terminal cancer. I said, we went home and we prayed. <clears throat> and then said, but she, but she died. She died. He said, however, we vowed that, that the devil wasn't going to win. Well, although he'd taken that life, we were going to fight for a thousand others, and we were going to have a thousand testimonies of cancers being healed. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's quite an inspiration I gave you there. He said, since that day, we've not lost one person to cancer. Wow. Little old Eastgate. So I want you to know, actually, don't just come to church here on a Sunday. We're actually part of something that God is doing. And God told us he placed us at the Eastgate to the city in 2004. There was no city here at that stage. <laughs> he knew what he was doing, and he, don't know, he chose us. Now, you join him with us, and more people will join in with us, because it's going to need a lot of us to actually change this world. Heaven in business, taking off. I was chatting to Andy Mason, that guy who runs that. Just impacting all areas of society. Just some extraordinary stories going on and on and on and on and on. And um, <clears throat> if, you, if you hold on to the prophecies, so, so I was just thinking, well, what do we remember? Well, we remember testimonies. We remember promises. We remember prophecies. Prophecies become promises in one sense, but you have to enact them through faith. So just think of the promises that we have here. And one of the key ones that God has given us is that Eastgate is to be a beachhead for freedom. That's why I went back and looked at Saving Private Ryan. And it's not easy to establish a beachhead. If you look at that, you think, by golly, you have to fight for it. In Counter Lounge, we're having to battle for that at the moment, aren't we, Carol? You know, we, we lost the lease on that, but actually I believe God's got something greater and more from that because actually there's been a limited impact, very good impact, but limited. But I think God wants to give us a bigger impact 
right in there in the centre of Gravesend. You know, God wants us to give us a bigger impact here in, in Ebb Street Garden City. He wants us to impact London. He wants us to impact, impact the nation. <coughs> and um, so I think, well, what, what is it you, you remember? Well, I want you to remember. Test, remember the goodness of God. Remember how good God is. Remember Jesus. Remember the prophecies that he's given to us. Remember the promises. Um, read your Bible. Read your Bible. <laughs> I, we don't, I, no, we, we, almost, we, we almost take it for granted that we do that. You know, it is, it, 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 I don't know how many promises are in there. There's a lot. Um, I, I, I looked up. There are, I think it's 231 references to uh, remember in the Bible. It's crazy. You know, anybody, if you can get on the internet, you can do Bible study. It's not tricky. You just go on BibleGateway.com and it tells you 231 references to remember in the Bible. Um, and so remembering is important. Uh, testimonies, prophecies, victories. You ever overcome something? Yeah? Disappointment? Sadness? We have so many healing testimonies here, we need to, we need to not forget. Actually, those are victories over. And if, if you need to do yourself, you know, I, I, I say, I'll say this again, give yourself a, a sort of little boost in your faith, go along to the healing centre. What an environment that is. Now, while I was away, Sasha was running the healing centre last week. She sent me the testimony through from the Saturday. So I'm getting the testimony. While I'm over in California, yes, what's happening back at Eastgate? Thank you, Jesus. (coughs) Remember truth. And I put down here, remember conflicts. There are battles to be won. And I would say at the moment, there's a battle for the thought life of our nation. There it is. It is. I was reading, just went online today, I was reading about a Christian teacher who's in a battle for his job because of, of his beliefs. Uh, I won't go into the details of that on recording because you do have to still be a little bit wise and stuff, but it's, you know, there, there are some big issues going on in the world around identity and stuff like that that we have to be aware. And, uh, there were some very good articles in the Times yesterday, actually, the Times newspaper. I don't know if, if you go, you know, it's worth informing yourself of what's going on in the world. Um, because we have got some battles on our hands for, for the, 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 the thought life of our nation, I would suggest. And um, I was challenging our students recently. I just said to, <laughs> um, <laughs> I said, uh, it's a simple little thing. It's like um, the story of, of, of Father Christmas. I'm not going to tell you what you do with Father Christmas in, 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 your, in your family, but I, I, I would suggest to you that, 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 that where you get, the, the children get the idea that they have to be good to earn presents, you have just introduced legalism into their life, which goes completely contrary to the gospel of grace, and you are sowing something in their lives which is extremely unhelpful. I'll throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't educate your children in a different way, the world will. So I'll just say, I've loved it. On um, Thursday, it was when we had uh, Zoe and Sam round. Because we hadn't seen them for a few weeks, so we bought them some presents back. And, uh, and they come in and we're giving them presents. They say, they say, is this an early Christmas present? We go, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> we said, this is, this is an I love you present. And uh, you know what was interesting? We were driving them home, and they, re- and they reflected back to us about the presents, that these are I, I love you presents. 
If your kids believe that they have to be good to earn presents from you, you've introduced something really unhelpful into their lives. You see, you have to guard. If you don't, you've got to be careful how you guard your, your mind and, and the minds of those around. This is a carefully guarded environment with regard to freedom. We can't afford to let legalism find its way into here. Control, fear, all those sorts of things. So how do we help? How do we know this is going to work? Well, who's going to lead you into all truth? Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Is that amazing? And what will the truth do? Set you free. In his presence, there is freedom. Where where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The best person that you can rely on for freedom is the Holy Spirit. And you know what? He's with you all the time. Isn't that good? Live by the Spirit. <clears throat> now, let's see, I'm just going to, I'm going to go across to hopefully Ezekiel 47. Okay. This is Ezekiel 47. I've got about three minutes of learning this. Just look at this. Okay. The man brought me back <clears throat> to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For the temple faced east. So what's that? His gate. The river flows out from the east gate. Go down to verse 9. It says, Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Everything will live. Health, education, business, community. And that best guarantee we've got for that is making sure we stay in the river of God. And uh, <clears throat> while we're away, just the week before we went up to Bethel, we actually had a week's break. And uh, I'm going to whiz across some... Okay. And we actually stayed at a place called Desert Hot Springs. It's a desert. It's appropriate to his name. It's de- desert and it's hot. 104 degrees while we were there and uh, the, the, the recommendation that you had when you went out was what? What do you think the number one requirement was when you went out there? Water. Make sure you have plenty of water with you. Then they said, no, they, they told you exactly how much. Hey, really? Got to take that much with you? Yes, you have to take that much with you. Why? Otherwise, it will dry you out. I would suggest to you that, that we live in a desert of unbelief. And I've said for many years, our job is to create an oasis of faith in the desert of unbelief. We need to be a great watering hole. So, got that picture in your mind? Where's it gone? Come around, oh there, desert. Desert, desert, see it? Desert? Lots of desert. Oh, what's this? This is, this is what difference water can make. This is an oasis in the desert and I'm just going to show you something because I want you to get a visual picture of what this can be like isn't that amazing see the desert in the background what's this we'll finish with this this is this is in the middle of a desert you see the water flowing in the background there
And then you contrast it with what's behind. The ultimate outcome of Jesus dying for us was that the Holy Spirit would come and be in us. And he is a river. That's what it says. You'll have a river of life flowing out of you. So what have you got to give away? Life. In all its fullness. And what the Bible tells me really clearly is that we can make every day count. It doesn't matter where you are, who you are, you have a river within you. You can be the oasis in whatever situation you find yourself. When the Sainsbury's delivery man comes knocking on your door, you can pray for him. See a miracle happen, and then the whole of Sainsbury's depot knows that God is amongst us. You can be dropping somebody off at the school playground, you can be in business, you could be in hospital, and <clears throat> I've got one minute. I, I remember back to my early days in hospital life when I had a patient and he was he was going to die. We couldn't get him off a ventilator, and uh, God told me very specifically to pray and fast for him for 24 hours. Now I didn't do that often with my patients, otherwise I'd have been very thin. Uh, but a specific, uh, this guy we could not, he was going to die. And I can't go into details. But I prayed, in 24, prayed fast for 24 hours. We got him off the ventilator and he lived. His name is actually in the British history books of a man who changed the political history of the United Kingdom after that event. What did I do? I just was water. Listening to the voice of God and giving life away. This man literally, his life came back. And I was reading about him today, before this morning. He's actually written down in the history books of the United Kingdom as a man who changed the political history of the United Kingdom in the 1980s. The Bible says, make this your ambition. Make your daily life count. It's in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11. So I'd like you to stand with me. We're going to pray. And then you're going to get your kids. <clears throat> this has been quick whiz through. There's a lot of thinking going on there. So lots of thoughts. But um, <clears throat> we're going to make a difference in the world? Yes. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are with us. You are in us. And you are our river. And right now we pray that we would flow And wherever we flow, life would come. I hope community school, heaven in healthcare, into business, into this community, into this city, into Gravesend, into Encounter Lounge, into the Sainsbury's Depot. Father God, we pray, let the river flow and let life come. And I release an anointing of the Holy Spirit right now. I release the power of the Spirit in this place right now to bring life in all its fullness. Wow! And this is your mission. You are (coughs) conveyors of life. Conveyors of life. Conveyors of life. You have life-giving water. There are people out there who are living in a desert, and what they need is water. What they need is water. We we have water (coughs) without limit to give them. We've got water without limit to give to them. So, Father, I pray for an outpouring of your spirit upon us right now. What I'm going to suggest you do is just lay a hand on somebody close to you and and, and let the river of God flow out from you into other people right now. So, Father, we pray, let the river of God flow in all its fullness 
in us, through us, and into the world around us in Jesus' name.